Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. With me today is Gareth A. Davis. We've got a mad schedule coming up from uh, now till the end of this year, really. Um, it's non-stop for guys like you and me, which is obviously good, Gareth. A lot to look forward to. How's life? Life's good, thank you. Like you say, boxing's back in full force. Some amazing few weeks of events, obviously with the heavyweights, Anthony Joshua's loss, Tyson Fury's win in his trilogy fight, the machinations in the division. Um, I know you'll ask me about Shaka Stevenson shortly against Jamel Herring at the weekend. Um, you know, the, the, what's going on with Dillian White and the ton of women's fights, Savannah Marshall and Clarissa Shields getting near. I just interviewed Clarissa. She's really grown amazingly in the last 10 years. She was a surly 16-year-old when I first met her, and she won her Olympic gold medal in London. Still had a lot of things she was growing up and getting over in her life. She's blossomed into an amazing personality, the quote, of course, um, the greatest woman of all time. Um, shame that Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall was cancelled, but I think that's a scheduling issue. Um, so we're going to get that probably in, in uh, I think it's early February next year. February 26th. Yeah, February 26th. Yeah, thank you. Um, which is a good time for a big event up there. I think it'll be pay-per-view. And then, you know, like you say, there's all these other events coming up. You've got a Zach Parker event. You've got a boxer event on the same night. You've got um, Chris Eubank Jr. and um, Liam Williams and Savannah and Carissa Shields on the same card in Birmingham. I think that's December the 11th from memory. Um, it's just it, it goes on and on and on now every single weekend. And I think you're away every week, aren't you? Pretty much, apart from the ones in London, which is a few shows in London. Uh, but Gareth, Jake, Paul, Jake, Jake Paul, Tommy uh, Fury, looking forward to that one. You're going to be at that one, aren't you? Well, it's not announced yet, but I think uh, what from what Frank's saying, it's close. So yeah, it's close. close. Uh, Gareth, let's talk about what well, we were supposed to be talking about: Dylan White v Otto Wallen this Saturday night. Let's talk about what has happened last week. A lot of suggestions from the boxing public 
that perhaps there wasn't an injury and it was a convenient time to pull out. That's what people are saying. What are your thoughts on that matter and that suggestion? Well, boxers get injured all the time and he's clearly got an injury, um, you know, and, and they've decided that it's serious enough not to go into a fight with Otto Wallin, a dangerous six foot five, six foot six Southpaw, who's already given uh, Tyson Fury a difficult time over 12 rounds, and not to go into that fight not fully fit. And that, that makes absolute sense to me. I don't think they're faking an injury. There's an injury there. Boxers go into fights with injuries all the time. But the given the jeopardy of what he's done over that three-year period where he's waited for a WBC uh, world title fight and then seen Fury and Wilder fight three times over that belt and been up there as number one or interim in all that period of fought four times himself and lost the interim title to Povetkin and then Alexander Povetkin and won it back. Um, he's a real survivor, Dillian White, in that way. But I think when they probably looked at it in the cold light of day, you don't know if Otto Valen's going to be rescheduled now. I, I doubt whether it will, in my view. I think if the WBC mandate Tyson Fury defends the title um, because he doesn't do a unification with Usyk, they had 30 days, didn't they? Yeah. I doubt very much whether that's going to happen. Um, Eddie Hearn um, kind of coming out last week and speaking to either yourself or Coogan on IFL, I think it was, and, and saying, look, it looks likely it's Fury next. That means he's not going to step aside with Joshua. Joshua's taking that fight. We know Joshua's on the road. I know we're going to talk to, about that. Um, so I think we will get um, Fury against Dillian White for the WBC title. Um, probably sometime in April in a stadium in the UK. I don't know if it's a Wembley Stadium or a, a Principality Stadium, um, but it's certainly a really big fight. And if they generate a few press conferences, those two, you know, they really know how to sell a fight together. So it could end up as a very, very big fight in the first third of next year. It's a really good fight as well, by the way, in my view. Is there anything to imply that the WBC might make Tyson Fury a franchise champion? Uh, that's a very good question. I'm sure they would. If he wanted to step aside for a while and, and, and not fight, it would not surprise me in the slightest if they put him as a franchise, left him on the shelf, let him saunter around for a while, you know. Um, do some WWE. Do some WWE, yeah. Make a few appearances in America. Head back to home in Henderson, his second home, his home from home in Henderson, Nevada. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I hadn't actually thought about that. And that's what he will be able to do if he doesn't want to fight White. And if he doesn't want to fight White, and that does, you know, pass in that way, we'll see White fight for the title against someone else. It might be Otto. Now, Otto Valen's not in the top 15, no. is he? So he can't. But it will be, it will be someone else. And, and that's fine. Um, it could be a Wilder. I know Wilder won't be ready. Wilder won't be ready till the summer. I'm going to check, actually. You carry on, but I'm going to check the rankings. No, no, that's what I'm saying, that... that if Tyson Fury um, thinks he's done, you know, when they allow the champions to, uh, to do this, a champion in sitting, a champion in waiting, if you like, can come back at any time. I think it's over the next several years, they can come back and still challenge for the belt. Um, he might just wait out till that's all played out. Um, you know, we'll get uh, spitting blood and bullets from the other side, I'm sure, if that happens. But you're looking at those... Yeah, throw, so, throw the top five at me at the moment. Then who is okay? It? So of course you have got Dylan White um, as interim champion, 
and yeah. about to be called as mandatory. Not mandatory, but about to be called as mandatory. Wilder, number one challenger. Wilder, Andy Ruiz Jr., Joe Joyce, Luis Ortiz. Wow. That's why, that's why Tyson Fury mentioned Joe Joyce the other day as a potential opponent, as you know, one of the most difficult opponents. And it might have chastened the minds of Dillian White and his team when they heard that as well. Joe Joyce against Dillian White is a fantastic fight as well, by the way. Um, I'm sure that's a fight. If Hearn and Warren got together, they could make that one. It's a brilliant fight in the UK as well. But Joe realistically, Joyce, with Joe's position as number one with the WBL, I don't think they're going to look for another route with Joe. Is that fair? Well, if Joe got a world title fight suddenly, um, if it was upgraded to full WBC title with Tyson yeah. Fury in recess, yeah. then, then I think he would take it. I think he'd fancy a fight with Dillian White. He's got incredible chin. He, 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 he plunders opponents. He's bullish, isn't he? He kind of, he motors them down the juggernaut. The juggernaut against the body snatcher. Massive fight. Massive fight. Sells out the O2 like that, you know? Um, and that's a box office fight. No question about it. Okay, so your gut feeling is that, though, in March, April time, we're going to be in Cardiff or Wembley. Uh, to see Fury v White in a in a mandatory fight, yeah, or a, or a or a stadium with a roof. I don't, does Tottenham have the roof? No, I don't no, believe they doesn't. No, it, it has to be at that time of year. I mean, remember the big risk when they fought um, Vladimir Klitschko and um, Anthony Joshua in two thousand seventeen. That was April time. They took it. I think it might have been April thirtieth. They took a big risk doing it in April. It could have hosed down that night. In fact, it was a balmy evening. Um, but so uh, there's always a risk just having that tent over the ring area because, you know, in a big stadium like that. So um, I, I, I would have thought it was a stadium with a roof. Unless they do push it back to the start of summer, because I know Fury yep. does really want to box at Old Trafford. Yeah, that would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, but they're going to have to sell it as well. Sell it to the mainstream, you know, it, it, in that sense. Um, remember, Fury hasn't fought here for, was it five fights, six fights? So... Um, um, PNF was the last fight in Belfast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a funny night. Um, it was. But, um, you know, it's, it's all down to the willingness of Tyson Fury to want to do it, you know. Um, and we haven't heard a lot from him other than saying to uh, Deontay Wilder that happy birthday and I hope you're well and all that kind of stuff. And th those two will end up, I think, being good friends in the long term. I've seen it too many. So look at Ben and Eubank, Chris. Eubank and Nigel Benn at the moment on tour, both saying, I can't believe how much we're getting on. Of course they are. They're grandfathers now. They've grown up. They've, they've, you know, they're, they're, they're sharing memories that happened 25 years ago plus. And, and, and time heals all those wounds and scars and enmities and rivalries. And you, re, you look back and you think, wow, look at us. Look at us ferocious young people, you know. It's brilliant. See, I'm hosting a couple of those, I think, in November, a couple of nights, maybe one in Birmingham, one in Northampton. But... Um, I need to speak to Spencer of Goldstar, the organiser, but really looking forward to doing that if I do get the genuine invite to come and do it for a couple of nights. Because those two together, I mean, personalities, lifestyles, what they've gone through, both their sons are just really coming up to the top level. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Who would have thought at the same time, eh? Uh, ben and Eubank and Frotch and Groves would be both doing their own tours together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to see Carl and... George uh, together. I was at uh, an event at Wembley with them recently. They were both working for Sky and uh, sitting together in the seat. You wouldn't have seen that three, four years ago. I remember, I remember trying to get uh, 
Carl to pick a fight with George in uh, in the media room in Vegas to get the trilogy fight on. He said, shall I? Sorry, yeah, go and do it. And I remember saying to George, if, if Carl had come over that day and started pushing and shoving, they would definitely have had a trilogy fight. It was so funny. <laughs> Gareth, I'm sure you discussed this on Talk Sport the other night when you did your show with Adam Cattrall about Anthony Joshua going around different gyms and visiting different trainers in the United States. Your thoughts? Very sensible. Absolutely Anthony Joshua to the core. I remember when he turned pro in 2013 or whatever, early 2013, and had been asking a lot of people, media people included, over what they thought he should do next. Should he go to the Commonwealth Games and try and win gold as well after uh, Olympic super heavyweight gold? He likes to ask people's opinions. He's done the right thing going over to America. Uh, Ronnie Shields, Eddie Reynoso, um, Robert Garcia and Virgil Hunter, huge swathe of knowledge between those four characters being around, you know, in the boxing world, probably, I don't know, 200 years between them all. Um, so very wise move. I'm sure he's picking up information on what they thought about his performance and what he should do differently. Wouldn't surprise me if he got in there and done some moves with them. But I don't think there's anything there yet to suggest that he's decided on a split with Rob McCracken, who he's been with since 2010. There's nothing official. And I don't think he should split, Uma. I don't think he should split with Rob McCracken. Just get the advice of everyone else. Um, pay for consultancy if you need it. But a wholesale change like this before arguably the most important fight of his career and one of the most important fights for the heavyweight division. Because if he wins... I'm taking nothing away from Alexander Usyk, by the way. This is probably slightly British bias from me. But if he wins, we get these mega fights. Yeah, we still get the wilder mega fight. We still get the white mega fight. And we really get the Fury Joshua mega mega fight. So, um, yeah, I take the advice. Go back to Rob McCracken. Talk through it. He's been with him such a long time. He managed him at one time, remember, as well. So... I don't think he's, he will leave that scaffolding yet. He may do, but I think it's wise to stick with Rob McCracken but not have too many voices in the corner. Okay. And just a, a recap on this weekend's events where we saw Shackle Stevenson become a two-weight world champion um, and also uh, both fighters, reports coming out that they're cleared in excess of $1.5 million each, which is brilliant to hear for the sport of boxing. Um are we looking at the, the face of boxing, the future of boxing in Sheffield Stevenson? Could well be. Um, still very young. What was he, 17 and 0 now or something? Um, and two world know, titles. Two, Phenomenal. Two world titles. Incredible boxer. Showed all his range of skills last night. And I think it helped to me being in the gym, gym with Jamel. He's got those, he's got that x ray vision. He sees openings, doors opening that other people see doors bolted um his punch angles is, is is his perfection in and out you have to call it a clinic on saturday night it was poise and perfection from him and i think he really showed uh, even though jamel is like 10 12 years older and i always thought shaka would win the fight by the way convincingly on points he had the spike to finish as well. He had the kind of tenaciousness to want to finish his opponent, someone he knows and loves and likes, as we saw afterwards. Um, Oscar Valdez fight for me. Uh, I think Valdez is WBC from memory. Um, so do that unification, step up to, to lightweight and have some of those super fights. 
to him and Tiafimo Lopez, what a fight that would be. Uh, him and Tank Davis, what a fight that would be. Him and Ryan Garcia, what a fight that would be. Devin Haney, um, you know, it's uh, the world's his oyster, you know, and I think he's not, he's not going to be the tallest lightweight. I think it's his limit as well. What is he, 23, 24? Yeah. Still very young. So over the next three or four years, and maybe not even that long, he could go to pound for pound number one. If he can, if he can defeat the very best in that lightweight division, I think he'll be very close to, to being pound for pound number one. I think he's on the way there. He's got all the skills to pay those bills. Yeah, I think from 130 to 140 in America specifically, very exciting times to be yeah, in, yeah. In, in three weight categories at, at 130, yeah. 135, 140. Very uh, promising future for American boxing. Gareth, uh, thank you very much for your time tonight. I will see you this week at the Matchroom Fight Week. Indeed. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you. All right. All right. We'll have another catch up there on uh, Thursday or Friday. All right. All the best. Lovely. Cheers, buddy. Great to see you. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.